We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast. Hey, I got a bone to pick. <laughs> Guys, I am so fired up. Sleep deprived and all. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> you probably cut off your hot dog. You don't need it on a bun. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the DTF Podcast, the Doster, T.O. and Fanta Podcast here on the Field of 68 Media Network. We are presented by our partners over at BetMGM. My name is Rob Doster. I have with me John Fanta, who is now my daughter's favorite person in the entire world <laughs> she's still uh devastated that she wasn't able to get a picture with you fanta but she walked into my office the other day and i still have your uh your thank you card from the wedding sitting on my desk and she walked in she goes oh it's fanta who's that girl with them <laughs> I was like, Ooh, oh, it got real oh no i'm sorry i'm sorry oh LLJF, LLJF. Ladies love John Fanta. <laughs> yeah, that's Milf. a better MILF. MILF. Man, I better, love Fanta. I was going to say that's a better acronym than what I saw last week the, with MILF. Man, I love Fanta. <laughs> oh, man. That's good. That's awesome. Yeah. Fanta, at least people like you, man. All of my mentions are right now is why I'm an idiot, why I'm an asshole, why I'm so dumb, why do I put Everybody up. Everybody hates you. Everyone hates me. Like UConn fans hate me. Providence fans hate me. Everybody hates me right now. Rico Bosco's fans hate me. I don't know. What's Why going would on. UConn fans hate you? Why they, would UConn fans hate you? They think I'm a fake fan. That's like the oh, new thing. Is Doster is a fake fan? Like he's not a big enough fan because he doesn't cry anytime somebody loses a game. He's like, I don't know. Well, you're wearing a Providence sweatshirt right now. No, I'm wearing an Adidas sweatshirt, man. More as possible. Look at that. More as possible. Just making sure. Just making sure. More as possible. Um, T.O., how you doing, man? It's been a while since we were able to chat. Yeah, it's been a minute. Uh, I had a, I feel like a John Fanta schedule. Four, I had four games in four days, and then I have today with you guys, and then tomorrow one more, and then I got three days for Thanksgiving. So, Great so win good. last night. Great yeah, they won. The Hornets. Beat the Celtics. How about the Hornets? How about the Hornets? Finally got one. We needed one bad. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's been, it's been good. It's been fun. I had a chance to call the Georgetown American game, which was an electric factory. Uh, <laughs> Jaden Epps scored the last 17 points of regulation or something like, like something crazy. He went nuts. Uh, he's explosive. Uh, Americans got this little guard named Elijah Stevens that I'm a huge fan of. And I think Dwayne Simpkins is going to do a good job there. So, uh, it was a fun game. There weren't a lot of people there, which was unfortunate, but, 
you know, these things take time. And you want to talk about, you know, we saw some aerial shots of that arena and there is not many people there. And that stuff is going to take time. It's kind of like one of those chicken or the egg scenarios. Like what comes first winning and then fans or then, or is it fans and then winning? Like which one is it? And Unfortunately, I think it's winning then fans. You got to show some promise. You don't have to win, but there has to be a reason to get excited about it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they don't, they don't need to sit here and go like 12 and six in the big East and compete for a big East championship, but you have to have a team that's good enough to be competitive, to get you excited about going in and seeing mm-hmm. it. Right. And I think that Ed will be able to, uh, to do that. I don't know if he realized how long the process would be. And look, Tio, now that you, is that the first time that you've been to a Georgetown home game? Uh, we did it in studio. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. We did it in studio in Charlotte. So, yeah, yeah, the biggest the biggest concern with that place is that it's an NBA arena that holds like eighteen thousand people, and they get like two thousand to show it's up. Not there. a problem for Marquette. Yeah, because they they're good. Start- they get fans to show up. That's right. Yeah, but you have to start somewhere. They've got to start winning games. Uh, yeah. They have to show. They have to give people a reason to to believe. They have to give people a reason to believe. I mean that that's the that's the job of Ed Cooley this year is mm-hmm. this team is a long, long way away. This program's a long, long way away. I mean, uh, they're going to win. If if I'll be candid here, if Georgetown went 7 and 13 that's, in the That's Big good. Game, they should be would, thrilled. They should be thrilled. Yeah. I mean, they're probably not there. If they win more than seven Big East games, I'd be shocked. If they win, I think they'll probably win like six, uh, yeah. to be to be quite honest with you. Because, because here's the deal. They're they don't have enough. Now they're they're still waiting for Ishmael Masood, but Terrence, you just had him on Sunday, and it's very clear that the only guy that was going to get the basketball late in the game was Jaden Epps. But Dontres Styles has been good. He's been good. Credit to him. You know what? Yep. Better than better than probably anybody could have expected. Yep. But, he's really imp- he's really improved his three ball. He he's he's improved. They just don't have enough. And I think they're putting a lot on Rowan Brumbaugh's shoulders. Rowan he's a good player. I'm not sure he's quite ready which is kind of why you saw Ed Cooley coach his butt off the whole way through that Rutgers game because he realized, like, hey, Rowan's not there, but I need to have him in this environment because we're going to need him come Big East time where we might squeak one or two out. Yeah, yeah. I think they're not they quite will. They'll, they'll They'll figure they it out once they, they get there, and I think once Ed kind of figures out the uh, who he has and what they can actually do in certain situations and – um, I think Masood is a big one to get back because it, it's that like stretch four that can kind of space things out. But they they are not an upper echelon Big East team. No. We could probably no. have an argument about like what actually is an upper echelon Big East team this year. But yeah, there, there's see. three of them. I don't I don't need To getting in any more trouble with the uh, the Big East faithful on Twitter. Those there's are our some, guys, there's, there's three of them in the upper echelon, and then one that's kind of flirting with it. <laughs> Yeah, and t- there is one that's flirting with it. We're going to find out about that one this week at the Battle for Atlantis, that being Villanova. They yes. they ran Maryland off the floor. Now, Maryland has gotten off to a poor start to the mm-hmm. year. They, they've been one of the biggest disappointments in college. We're going to get to that. Don't don't go into disappointments yet. That's one of the things that we have on the list. It's one of the, You're jumping ahead on the rundown, Fanta. You're jumping ahead yeah. on the rundown. I will just say real quick about Providence. Uh, they 30-pieced. They Wisconsin in their own building. I think they ended up winning by 13, but they were up by 30 in the second half. And then Wisconsin went down to Fort Myers and beat a good Virginia team by 24. Yes. 20, yeah. Like that was, that was, I mean, 
Are you going to beat up on Tony Bennett like that? That's gross that's to me. So um, Providence struggled in uh, in where were they? Well, they didn't struggle. They, no, they, they had a good weekend. They had a they good were, weekend. They were I mean, at they, the Bahamar. They, they had a good they, weekend. They, they, they really, they, Kansas State's a, a heartbreaker for them. They had that game. Kansas credit to Kansas State. Oh, what, I, what I was going to say, what I was going to say is they lost that game and they didn't get a chance to get to go against Miami in the next round because they didn't have Jaden Pierre and then Garwaite Wall did uh I am his best Chuck Liddell. Sorry, go ahead, Fanta. I cut you off. Was that an elbow or a punch? Oh, that was a punch. That was a it punch. Was, it was it was I think I think he that threw a punch, punch and missed him and connected with his elbow. I got it. Look, you know what? I, I don't you shouldn't fight. Okay. You shouldn't do that. Day day, but I wouldn't fight. Duval. He ate that shit like a champ. Yeah, like he, he took that punch and was like, "Oh yeah, that's all you got. Let's go. I'm right here." Yeah, and it's yeah. I'll it tell a you bad what. luck. That was a really bad look for him. For Garway, it was a bad look for him. It was a bad look for him. There's no quite. There's no ifs, ands, buts about. It. There were a couple of, of 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 looks like that this past weekend across the country uh, with in college basketball. Um, that we saw the dual one's the worst. I mean, but, but Providence is good. They are a good team. Are they in the upper echelon? Uh, I'm, I don't think we're going to say that. Not if Bryce Hopkins is going to shoot 14% from three. Well, and that's just it. Like that's probably the most impressive thing about this start to the season. We all thought it would go through Hopkins and, uh, it, and it, and it has, but I'm going to, I'm going to transition briefly and I am going to give Terrence his flowers uh, during this Thanksgiving week, because while Virginia got blown out uh, by Wisconsin, and and that was a performance where I thought the desperation came out of Wisconsin, if not now, then when? Right. It, the ACC is a good league, an improved league, and Clemson is the real deal. They, they are. Really They're really good. No, it's it, it is it's a much better league this year than it has been in years past, and I think it's um, you know I, I think right now would you have five in your top twenty five Fanta, and, and and you know hey look early in the season you're going to lose some yeah early in the season you're going to lose some games but um you know I if I'm the ACC I'm pretty happy I, I am upset at Wake though because gosh they cannot get a quad one win in non conference to save their life over the last two years and they've and they had a good couple of opportunities in. Charleston. That was disappointing. Uh, T.O., you mentioned before we got on the call, we're going to do biggest surprises, biggest disappointments, and, and some other stuff here in a second. But you said that Clemson is not a surprise before we got no. on the Why? Because Chase Hunter has been good for a long time. Like last year, he was probably the most underrated guard and one of the most underrated guards in college basketball because people just didn't see him. And he averaged, what, 14, 4 and 4 or something? And this year, he's every bit as good. He's every bit as athletic. He's built like a truck, and he's so athletic. Um, Joe Girard has gotten some structure, and you're seeing how good he can be under a little bit of structure. There hasn't been a ton of structure at Syracuse over the last four or five years offensively. Defensively, you know they're going to play zone. Offensively, it was basically a quick set to get one guy a ball and then let that dude cook. But now you're seeing Girard function within an offense where he's attacking closeouts. He's able to come off screens, knock down shots. He was just toying with Boise State, just toying with him. And we all know that P.J. Hall is really good, and they've had some other guys step up. So uh, it's not a surprise. When you have three really, really good players 
and then the rest can kind of fill around and you have a good game from this guy, a good game from that guy, you're going to win a lot of ball games. Yeah, I'm not sure what their ceiling is, but I think that they are, uh, at least from what I've seen, and I've watched them play three games now, uh, a top four team in the ACC, and I can say that pretty confidently. Like they're, I picked them third. Yeah, I picked him third coming into the year. I, like I, just because PJ's an All ACC like yeah. Player of the Year contender, a legit one. No, I'm not just saying that. Like yeah. a legit Player of the Year guy, and then Chase Hunter's an All League type of player, and we all known Joe Girard's that level of score. So there's a lot of pieces there to like. Yeah, here's the one thing that I'll say is that I think Duke is still probably the favorite to win the ACC. And if they're not, I think Miami is probably the favorite to win the ACC. It's one of those two. I think they're the top two, right? Mm-hmm. Then you give me North Carolina, Virginia, and Clemson. And I think you can kind of throw all three of those teams in a hat and figure it out from there. I probably <laughs> would have UNC, Clemson, Virginia right now. If you would have asked me before Wisconsin <laughs> hit them with a 24 ball, uh, I would have probably had Virginia North Carolina, Clemson in that order. Um, if you would have asked me on Sunday night after I watched Clemson beat up on Boise State, I probably would have gone Clemson, Virginia, North Carolina. So uh, I, they're all good, man. There's a top five in that league that's really, really good. Going to learn a lot about North Carolina in the month of December. Uh, what was it? December, what, November 29th, Tennessee, Kentucky, Oklahoma. Then they have an off game against Charleston Southern. And then, yeah, I mean, that's a December to remember right there. Excuse like, you're me. Gonna, you're going to find out a lot. Excuse me. Fancy, you just missed the biggest game that they got. Oh, UConn. Sorry, I just I, I skimmed right over it. Sorry, UConn. Yeah, but the biggest the but the biggest game for me. So agree with all that. All right, on Thanksgiving Day, the biggest game of the day for me is is and I hope we get this game, but because we, we might not, we might not. No disrespect to Northern Iowa, who's playing Carolina and Pop Isaacs and Grant McCaslin's Texas Tech team, which will be tough. They're gonna be tough to Villanova. That's gonna be an interesting game. But if both those, if both Nova and Carolina move on. We get a rematch of the 2016 National Championship game on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in Atlantis. In Atlantis. Everybody's talking about Arizona and Michigan State. And don't get me wrong, it's fun. Uh, yes, you know, yes, a couple you know what other- yesterday was? Yesterday was Chris Jenkins' birthday. Shout out to Chris Jenkins. <laughs> Shout out that to That is Chris. a random known fact right there. Yeah. You're only getting that on our pod. Happy birthday, oh. Chris Jenkins. <laughs> yeah. Big Smooth was his nickname. In college, that's the best college nickname that you could ever have. Okay, not, well, well, not big smooth. How do you spell it? Tell them how you spell it. It's not big smooth. Smooth. It's big smooth. Smooth. S M O O V E. Legend. Chris Jenkins, the legend. If we get Carolina Villanova, that is as good of a measuring stick game that this stage of the season that you're going to find, because we're trying to figure out exactly what both those teams are. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Huge. If that happens in Atlantis on Thanksgiving day. I, I, I love think... it. I love an Armando Baycott, Eric Dixon matchup. Oh, let's go. Let's Terrific. Go. I should not be as excited about that as I am. Here's the best part about it. Fanta. If that game happens, you know what time the tip off is? Fire. Two o'clock. Perfect. Do you know what happens exactly after that game ends? Two hours after that tip off. Arizona, Michigan oh, no. State. On what network? Fox. <laughs> Fox. Let's go. Fox. Let's go, baby. Let's go. That is going to be a great day of basketball. I love Feast Week, guys. 
I fucking love it. It's so awesome. Much. I love it so much. I love that Saturday or that Thursday on Thanksgiving where all you do is just sit there and you start drinking in the morning and all you do is eat as much as you possibly can. You watch sports all day and you fall asleep at like 11 o'clock. Like it just unbelievable day. Top five day in the calendar year. Might even yep. be top three. Yeah, it's going to be great. And I, I, I actually give, you know, I think that college hoops is really smart to get involved on Thanksgiving day, you know, back mm-hmm. like 10, 15 years ago, the Maui would wrap up Wednesday and then there was a bit of a lull. Atlantis has filled that lull in the back half of the week, but the sport is really engaged in Thanksgiving. And to your point, we talked about this on after dark a couple nights ago, but yes, I'm going to tout the company I do games for, but it was a smart move by Fox to have Michigan state play a game on Thanksgiving day after the Detroit Lions play on Fox. Ooh. Mm-hmm. So from, a, from a ratings perspective, that could that be one, the most. That wasn't a coincidence, Fanta. Not a coincidence. So you, you credit Steve Shear. Yeah, shout Fox out Steve if you're making that one happen. For making that game come to life. Fun fact about Steve Shear, his great nephew plays on the same travel baseball team as my son. And his great nephew can rake. Let me tell you, that kid has got a swing on him, T.O. He's going to be a really good ball player. All right. That kid, uh, hey, that kid plays whatever position he wants. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's You're not you're not kidding, man. He's a stud. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into some of the segments that we're going to do today. I want to start with this. The biggest surprise so far in the 2023-24 college basketball season, T.O., don't you dare say Clemson. Don't you do it. I had a hard time with teams, so I went I went with a couple of players. Um. Dalton Connect at Tennessee, dude, really good. We knew he was athletic. We saw that dunk at Michigan State during the exhibition season, which Rob Doster coincidentally hates. And then uh, his ability to score, he gives Tennessee a go-to guy who can do it with the ball or without it. Like, he is tough. Uh, I love that kid. And then Carlton Carrington Carrington from uh, Pitt is two-time ACC Rookie of the Week. Didn't see this coming. I I thought he was a really – Bob Carrington, right? Yep. Yep, I didn't see that coming. He was a really good shooter when I saw him at Peach Jam. I thought he was going to be able to make shots, and now he's running point full-time and just getting buckets, so good for him. Team, I'm going James Madison because of James Madison. And after watching what happened on college game day with 25,000 deep, that university has momentum. So I figured I wanted to shout out James Madison. Uh Matt Buckland is a friend of mine. We work together at Clemson. He's now an assistant, and he's going to stick his fingers in Coach Izzo's mashed potatoes next time they're hanging out at the family barbecue. <laughs> I didn't know where you're going with that. I'm glad it was mashed yep. potatoes. <laughs> yep, mashed potatoes. <laughs> Fanta, biggest surprise in college basketball this season. As you guys know by now, we've partnered with BetMGM Sportsbook for this college basketball season. We're going to be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks and predictions throughout the college basketball season. And we are going to have special offers for you, the listeners and the viewers on the field of 68 each and every week during the season. If you haven't signed up with BetMGM yet, use the bonus code FIELD1500 and you will get up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager on BetMGM Sportsbook. Here's what you got to do. Download the BetMGM app. Sign up using the bonus code FIELD1500. 
$1,500. Deposit at least $10 and place your first wager on any game. You will receive up to $1,500 in bonus bets if that bet loses. Just make sure you use the bonus code FIELD1500 when you sign up. And remember, BetMGM is now available under one wallet in select states. As a New Jersey resident, this is super convenient for me when I have to go cover games in New York or Philly. When cross the state borders, just log into your existing account instead of having to create new accounts in each state that you go to. And most importantly, I got to let you know, we do have some fun stuff coming up for this college basketball season. Bet insurance tokens, college hoops odds boosts, my personal favorite, parlay odds boosts. So download the BetMGM app today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Well, I have two teams and they're... Could be some recency here, but it, the first team is the last game that we all watched in the sport, which was late last night as we're doing this podcast. And the first team is UCLA, because I was genuinely surprised with what I saw. We all knew that they would eventually be good. They're they are they're really good right now, and they could be a great team by the time March rolls around. They didn't get anything from Burke. Oh, and I had Buchan this show. Buchan show. Gosh, damn it. I went over this before the show for Buchton Gel, right? Buchton Gel, yeah. Okay. In the pronunciation guide, it says Boo Buchton Gel. Yeah, Buchton Gel. Buchton Gel. Yeah, Buchton Gel. Buchton Gel. Buchton Gel. Buchton Gel. I mean, every every broadcaster is going to, every broad last night they called him Burke the whole game. Buchton Gel. Yeah. Smart, smart. Burke, Burke. Burke Buchtunjel did not score in the game. He he didn't, but he impacted the game defensively. And Mick Cronin's comparing him to Jaime Jaquez. That's Mick Cronin, shout out, okay? Last year told me, guess, guess when he found out that Jaime would be really good? In Jaime's freshman season at the Maui Invitational. Mm-hmm. So as this tournament goes on, 
Let's see if Burke gets better and better and starts to score. Defensively, engaged, made the right plays. But he wasn't who impressed me the most. Guys, Sebastian Mack was big time. Yes. He got to his spots. He he accelerated. He changed the pace of the game. I'll tell you what, uh, between him and Lazar Stefanovic, like Adim Bona is is a beast. Bona, Bona is a beast. We knew that. But I like their guards and the upside there. UCLA, pleasant surprise. I, I like them more than I thought I would like them. And they defended Marquette at an incredibly high level. They forced Marquette's complimentary players to make shots. And they they did. We'll get to that. The other surprise is Mississippi State. To start the season missing multiple key pieces and to be able to start it with a dominant win over Arizona State. You've got wins over Washington State now, a good Northwestern team, and they just defend. They absolutely defend their tails off. Again, they, they're missing Tolu Smith. It doesn't matter. Chris Jans figures out ways to win. I mean, look at the Northwestern game. Josh Hubbard comes off the bench, drills four threes, shoots nine of 14 from the floor, and scores 29 points in the game. Mississippi State, guys, Chris Jans in, in a season and a couple of games has done as good of a job as any coach in the country in the past 15 months at establishing a groundwork for his program. Not an easy place to win, and he's winning a yeah, lot. I got, I got a couple. Mississippi State was the team that I have written down to, and, and, and here's why. For starters, last year they were – Quite literally, the worst three-point shooting team in Division One, three hundred sixty-third out of three hundred sixty-three teams. You know what he went and did in the in the portal this year? He went out and got Josh Hubbard, a guy that was the career-leading scorer in the state of Mississippi, four thousand three hundred sixty-seven points. They call him the T.O. of Mississippi. That's what they call him down there. He's um, built like a truck, that kid. Yeah, he but wasn't he playing. committed to Seton Hall originally, or was Seton Hall in his? It was something they like were that. on his final list or something like that. Like there yeah. was something there was a Seton Hall connection there for us. Yeah, second. Jans told me in the off season, um, and I feel comfortable saying this now because the season had already started. He said that he doesn't allow the football team to come in and watch practices because he's afraid that they would steal Josh Hubbard from him and play him at cornerback. Yeah, <laughs> so that was uh, that was funny. But so this year. Um, they're they're shooting threes at about a thirty three percent clip, which is good, not great, uh, but. They are attempting a top 53-point rate in all of college basketball, which means 45% of their field goal attempts are from beyond the arc. So he went out and got Josh Hubbard. He went out and got Trey Fort, who was a bucket getter as well. He went out and he got Andrew Taylor. And he got guys that can make shots and space the floor. So he fixed what was wrong with that team. And if you go back and look at Chris Jan's best teams when they were at New Mexico State, he had top 20 teams in the country in three-point rate. So he got shooters. And once you get your best player back in Tolu Smith, look out, that Mississippi State team is going to be really, really good. The other team that I had written down, or the other guy that I had written down for the biggest surprise, Jaden Ledee, man. He's averaging 27 and 11 through five games. About damn time. San Diego State's a top 20 team in America. And how about this? I didn't realize it until I looked it up this morning. Did you know BYU is 14th on Ken Palm right now? Yeah. So, yeah. and I don't know if that's going to last. I don't think that it'll last. But uh, San Diego State Luke going on the road and losing to BYU like does not look like a bad loss at any in any kind of way right now at this point in the season. So we'll see if that continues. But no, no, no wait a minute, it'll never be a bad loss. Never will because, be because the Big 12's metrics. Yes, you know, if you're in the Big Twelve, you you it's like 
it's like getting free perks, you know, to, you know, it's like a special club. When you're in the big 12, you can't be awful because your entire, for three months, you're playing nothing but good teams. Yep. And rising you're time. Right. The There's going to be some correction there. Yeah, yeah there but will be. the but... worst team in the big 12 is going to have a Kempom of 75. Yeah. There's nobody that's awful in that league. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma state's gotten off to a rough start, but. Yeah, they were missing. They West were Virginia's been bad. Ball. Yeah, and West, West Virginia, Virginia had a bad West, loss last night. Because well, they're missing like three guys. You know, they don't have Raekwon Battle. They don't have the reason why we thought they were going to be good is because you got Kirk Creasy, you got Raekwon Battle, and you got Jesse Edwards. Well, two of those guys aren't playing. Yeah, yep. and you don't really have any guards. Um, all right, UCF uh, isn't going to be great. I got I got one more fun fact for you guys. I want to see if anyone can get this. All right, it's a little bit of trivia. Jaden Ledee, the mm-hmm. last person to average the numbers that he is averaging right now. He's averaging 26.8 points and 10.6 boards. The last player to put up those numbers on a team that started 4-1 and one in their first five games is... You guys know? That sounds yes. like a... That sounds like a Tyler Hansborough stat. Same year. That's happened the same year that Tyler won the national title. Wow. It was the guy that went neck and neck with him for national player of the year that year and actually ended up winning national player of the year. Can't remember Blake you know, Griffin at Oklahoma his sophomore, his sophomore season. So that's the kind of year that Jaden Ledee is having right now. Uh, did I just project, project Jaden? He's Ledee talented enough. Yeah, he is. He's a bucket. Like, we've man. all just kind of been sitting and waiting for Jaden Ledee and those massive arms to start scoring, and he just—I'm glad it's finally clicked. Hopefully, his shoulders, up. his shoulders, like they're as wide. You know, when you when you drive past those pickup trucks that have like the triple tires on the outside of them. That's what his yeah. shoulders look like on his body. It's just like they shouldn't be that wide. How are your shoulders that wide? Jaden Ladees, a human dually. <laughs> All right. Um, so you know what a dually is? I do not no. know what a dually is. Do I want to know oh, what a dually is? Oh, man. So dually is when you see a truck and it's got two wheels on the back. You call it a dually. That's a truck. Ah, uh, okay. So, like, if you're looking at trucks and you say, "What kind of truck do you want?" Well, yeah, oh, like dually, like dual, dually. Yeah, two. Yeah, dually. I thought you meant yeah, like yeah. dually, like Joe Dooley, like dually, dually. Yeah, dually. And I've never heard of that. That's a. I yeah. learn. I like how we learn more. Tennessee you need a flatbed. You need a flatbed dually if you're going to take a bunch of horses. Well, the best part was a flatbed drove right by you as you were talking about it. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> on your on your beautiful. Hey, not many not many dualies in this neighborhood. I think we got the biggest truck in the neighborhood. So yeah, the clampets moved in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, biggest disappointment this year, Fanda. We'll go to you first on this one. Well, you got to be disappointed with Maryland. I mean, they they've got three losses and they got smacked at Villanova. I mean, Kevin Willard is now 0-7 their lifetime. Uh, it's been a house of horse for him. But, man, oh, man, they just don't look like themselves at all. I mean, they're not playing. They're not in any flow. And they are counting on freshman Jamie Kaiser and Deshaun Harris-Smith to step up here. And I think that we – I don't know if it's that we overestimated them, but I just they, – they'll. I think that they'll eventually figure it out. But – they're just a, the same issue of last year. Last year, it was amazing that they made the round of 32 guys because they were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country, and they still are. Other big disappointments. Let's face it. I'm disappointed by Michigan State. I'm disappointed because 
when when we talked about them ahead of the season, we had these expectations. I, I don't think like to the people who, and maybe you guys will disagree with me. They are not one of seven or eight national title contenders for me at all. And I don't think they're ever going to get there because they, they, the same issues that existed last year exist this year. And then my other disappointment and last but not least, I'm very disappointed by St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. What the heck? They miss Logan it's- Johnson. They, they really, really miss Logan Johnson. A guy that can create for others. They got a bunch of guys that can create for themselves. They miss a guy that can create for others. I don't disagree, and and uh, you're right on Logan Johnson. I like him, but they got drubbed by Xavier on Sunday, who could finish seventh in the Big East. Like, and maybe they'll be better than that. But right now, if you ask Sean Miller, he would tell you where his team's at, and he'd say, "We're not where I want to be right now. In fact, we're not even close." St. Mary's, you brought back too much talent. I know you're missing Logan Johnson, but you cannot. They scored 49 points, T.O., against Xavier, a young Xavier team. That was a rough performance by the Gales. Mm -hmm. I had the Big Ten as a whole, T.O., for my biggest disappointment. No kidding. Just the Big Ten period. You want to take it? Go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I I, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit because I wasn't really high on this team to begin with, and I have two. Uh, All right, go ahead. But, yeah, go ahead. You go first. Yeah, sorry, but yeah. So the first one, because the buildup, the promise oh, by no. the promise by the new coach that they're going to win championships in the big city, and I understand. I I, I kind of saw this coming, to be honest with you. But St. John's, oh, come on. Uh, but St. John's, look, you come in, the expectations are that big. You're, you're you're sending letters saying championships are coming to New York, and then you lay an egg against Michigan at home. You finally get that big Patino game there at the Garden. You lose by 16. Then you go down, you lose to a Dayton team that is comparable in talent. It's comparable in talent, but they're missing their point guard for the season. And then you beat a Utah team that's I think is a good team, but I think it's a matchup nightmare for Utah because the way St. John's plays, they get up underneath. The only reason I'm saying it like this, guys, is because of the hype that was coming in and because of the buildup that was led up by their own program. So to start out three and two, I, I consider it a little bit of a disappointment, not a massive one, but a little bit of one. You could see this was going to happen. The roster wasn't where it was where it was going to be. I was sending John text message. I was like, guys, I appreciate the hype, but this roster is not where it's going to be in two years. Because Do you Patino's think they'll make gonna, the tournament this year? I think it's going to be really hard. I don't. I think need, it's going to be hard. To, they need to take a big step forward in the next. Um, they they, and I think it also comes they down will to not how, lose many teams, how many teams get into the tournament from the Big East. I think it'll be. And a that's problem. a conversation we don't necessarily want to have right now. But right now you're looking at a 4-5 bid. I think I would say they will not lose another non-conference game. I would set the line of five. I would hope not. I would hope not. But the, but the other team, the other team is, uh, I thought Cal would be better. They brought in Fardal's aiming. They brought in Jalen Tyson, two really talented guys, and they dropped a game to Pacific. Who's two twenty seventh on Kim Palm. They dropped one to Montana state. Who's two sixty eight on Kim Palm. They dropped one to UTEP. I thought that would get going. Especially in that non-conference portion, I thought they would win some games, uh, and they've started out two and three. So there's two. 
Yeah, so I I wrote the Big Ten as the most disappointing one outside of Purdue. I think Purdue is living up to the expectations. Uh, Full disclosure, we are recording this right before Purdue and Tennessee play in the Maui Invitational in the semifinals. So uh, this may be a very dumb take if Tennessee 20 pieces them here coming up, but Wisconsin has not been as good as I thought they were going to be. Michigan State has been disappointing to me. Michigan, after I spent a whole fucking week hyping them up, goes out and loses at home (laughs) to Long Beach State. Come on, guys. Doug McDaniel, you're killing me. I was trying to put you in the final four and you go out here and give up 94 points to Long Beach State. That's and a disappointment. Ohio State has not been as good as I thought they were going to end up being. Maryland is one and three on the season. Rutgers lost at home to, to Princeton, who might actually be like a top 20 team in America. Indiana has not looked good. Like I, the Big Ten is is just outside of Purdue, it's just not very good at all. The bubble is gonna be soft. Mm-hmm. Very, very soft. It's going to be soft. You're going to have like a 17 and 14 team make it. You know what I hope? You know what I hope? What I what I really want to have happen? Like, I want this to extend down to like the Mountain West. You know what I mean? Like, there are some good teams at the top of the Mountain West. San Diego State has proven themselves to be really good. I think Colorado State is going to eventually down at the Hall of Fame Classic right now in Kansas City. They got Boston College on Wednesday night. Um, I think that Nevada, I think Nevada's real. Like Keenan Blackshear is a dude. T.O., you got good. some, yeah, you got some Mountain West games this year, right? Like T, you're you're gonna like watching film on, on Keenan Blackshear. Um, I think Boise State is gonna figure things out. I know they just lost at Clemson, but I think they're gonna be fine. Tyson Degenhardt got in foul trouble early, and uh he Tyson Degenhardt real, realized really quickly how good PJ Hall actually is when he, when he ran up against them. So yeah, really good. Yeah, really. The, good. the only issue, the so I agree with you. the The Mountain West is a good league and should get an extra bit, if not two, for how good it is. Right? I just last year, I think we remember this. There were a number of games in that league, unfortunately, that became, you know, uh, in if they win, out if they lose type of games because you know you you open up. It's again, it's early, but San Diego State is the only team in the Mountain West that's in the top 40 of Ken Pop. Mm-hmm. So that's where, if you're a conference, you have to have great at the top if you're going to get an extra bid or two, in my opinion. Why? Because you got to have teams that'll that'll grab one from that top. Yeah. And that's, and that's why I counter you on St. John's, and we can do a friendly wager, but I think that they will make it because, as you just said, you hope not that they don't lose another non-conference game. I don't think they're going to, mm. and so they're going to be what nine and two, ten and two through non-conference play. If you if you go nine and two or ten and two and ten and ten in the Big East, you're going to make it this year. This is where we need to talk about Vaulted. Vaulted is an app that allows you to participate in daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. It is the place you can store your own predictions forever. And by using the Vaulted Challenge feature, you can prove that you are smarter than your friends and the people that you also hate, like Jeff Goodman. So go download the Vaulted app for free. It is spelled V-L-T-E-D. And challenge your friends, store your predictions, and join daily cash prize pools without an entry fee. Goodman 
Here's the challenge that I have for you. I know that St. John's has already lost two games. I know they lost to Dayton. I know they lost at home to a Michigan team that you think is horrible and I still think is actually pretty good. I am saying, I am challenging you that St. John's is going to make it to the NCAA tournament still. Rick Patino is going to find an answer here. Do you accept my challenge? No, I agree with you. I'm not betting against Rick Patino. You know, he's got a completely different team. He doesn't have RJ Luis, who's hurt right now. Um, I don't know if he's got a dude, but I'm not sure he needs a dude to be able to get in the NCAA tournament. So I'm with you on this one. I'm, I'm not going against you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Might. We'll see. No, you're going to. We'll see. Like, I don't I'm I'm not sure that ten and ten in the Big East is something that's given, but we'll find Yeah, out. I don't Listen, think that's getting in. But maybe. Speaking about the Big East, Fanta, you were in Madison Square Garden last night. You saw UConn win another championship. All they do is just go out there and win championships. They are the <laughs> Empire Classic champions. They're gonna hang that banner up there in uh you know, you're gonna have like five men's basketball championships banners, and you're gonna have eleven women's basketball championships banners, and you're gonna have the Empire Classic Championship banner up there, right? Fanta He's- ran the funniest Fanta ran the funniest preseason Big East thing. I was in Milwaukee and I was listening to, to the spaces that you were doing. And then UConn fans were chiming in, like, hey John, just wanted to pick your brain. First time, long time, all that. Uh, are we going to win every game by double figures or are we going to flirt around and win some by five? <laughs> I know. It was, all, it was so funny. I'm by myself in a room laughing. <laughs> so what What do you guys make of UConn fan? Let's go to you first on this one just because you were, you were in the building. You saw them play the last two days. Uh, reigning national champions. They looked really damn good for about the first 70 minutes in Madison Square Garden. And then I think some of the concerns – that I have with them at least popped up a little bit uh, down the stretch of that game against Texas. Yes, for sure. Now, mind you, Stefan Castle did not play mm-hmm. uh, in either of these two games. So you're missing a key piece. Some of those concerns arose, and you have to give Texas a lot of credit. That's the best Dylan Mitchell's ever played. He was superb for Texas. That's the Dylan Mitchell we thought we would see here throughout the whole season. And Rodney Terry said it after the game. We need Dylan Mitchell to do that every day. He goes, I've been playing him as a about- small ball five, and he will instead of playing him as a uh, wing. He's not a wing, he's a small ball five. Yep. Uh, Max A. Smith and Tyree Sunner are having. <laughs> I saw that look to you. <laughs> 6 8 205 is a small ball five, and the Big 12 is tough. Yeah, it is. Max A. Smith and, and Tyree Sunner are trying to figure it out. They're, they're, they're having trouble fully gelling, but Texas avoided turnovers in their two days of the Empire Classic. I, I think part of it is, guys, like, 
yes, some of the concerns arose in the last 10 minutes of the game and they let their, their foot off the gas, proverbial gas, if you will. I also just think it's really hard just to do what they've done here the last two years against non-conference opponents. They still won the game by 10 mm-hmm. and, and Cam Spencer to me underneath it all has been such a good ad via the portal. Yes. But, but to me, the most revealing thing of last night as we're doing this show is Samson Johnson. Um, I, I texted Rob this, like, I think there's a world where there's NBA upside to him. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Ultra ultra athletic, explosive defense leaps like a, he runs like a deer and leaps like he's on a pogo stick. Connecticut is right there. You know, they're, they're still in the upper echelon of teams. That's not a shock. Um, this team is as good as anybody in the country. At their best, on their best day, on their best day, there's and and everybody right now is having mixed days. We're not seeing anybody just dominate. You know, the as we're doing this show, the Maui semifinals are tonight. Nothing would surprise me. Not no, if any of the four teams won, it wouldn't surprise me. In other words, there's no clear cut. UConn is as good as anybody in the country when they're on, and and this team showed it the last couple of days. They. They are fully capable of doing what Florida did. Donovan Klingon apparently was sick last night, and he played 13 minutes. He was a non-factor in the game, and it didn't matter because Samson Johnson took the torch and was terrific. This team's really good. Theo? No, I love it. Big, physical, super athletic, pretty much from top to bottom. Uh you know, they got three guys in their lineup at almost all times that just don't make mistakes. Uh, Caravan doesn't make mistakes, period. Doesn't make mistakes. That is so valuable. Uh, Tristan Newton has become more solid. He had three turnovers yesterday, but that was to go along with eight assists. You're going to turn it over some. Uh, and then, to be honest with you, too, like, let's see, Cam Spencer, while he's not Jordan Hawkins, you know what you get the entirety of the game. Mm-hmm. So he's not super he he's the one guy in that lineup that's not super athletic. And I would argue that Caravan's not a superior athlete either. He's an okay athlete, but he's he's not a superior athlete. But you know what you're getting from Cam Spencer the entire time. He is like this. He is just steady, solid the entire time. That allows for some explosive components to really have big games, right? Because you know what you're getting from three guys on the floor. So even though my argument earlier this year was well, they went from really old and really talented to really young and really talented. Having three guys on the floor or at least two at a time that aren't going to make mistakes like is a great crutch for those other super talented guys. Solomon Ball, out of all those freshmen that came to campus, he was the most physically ready. And while I didn't think he would necessarily be that great of a shooter, he's he's making them good enough. And he just fits exactly what Hurley likes to do. Extremely physical, can defend, plays in transition. And, I I mean, just a blur when it comes to if they're getting back on defense, he can collapse and help figure things out quickly as a freshman. I I agree with John. On UConn's best day, they can win against anybody in college basketball. Again, it's just those three guys. Those three guys right there allow those other ones to kind of hobble their way into figuring it out. Yeah, that that's kind of where I've come down to too. My what I said in the preseason was three things needed to happen, right? Tristan Newton needed to be like an all big east 
caliber player. And I think that he's kind of taken that step forward, especially with like his efficiency offensively. Alex Caravan needed to be an all Big East caliber player and not just a guy that was like a spot up shooter. He needed to be able yep. some, to create some shit on his own. And uh, I think that you saw that last night. Now, I don't think you want to rely on him taking those tough fadeaways and those tough pull ups at the end of a shot clock. But if you need him in a moment to be able to get it done and go win a game, you just showed that he could do it. And the last thing was defensively. And I'm still a little bit worried about them because Tristan Newton, Cam Spencer, Alex <laughs> Caravan, none of them are elite athletes, right? They're good yep. positional defenders. They have good size. We saw Dylan Mitchell and uh, Malik Renault just go at Caravan at the four spot this weekend. Same thing that happened last year. So yeah, so we're was, in we're in perfect agreement there. Yeah, he's just yep. not a he, like Caravan's not an NBA upside guy, but he's going to be a great college player for four years. I think and, he, I think he is an NBA upside guy. If if the shooting gets to the point where he is, he has to be forty five percent. Yes, because he is going to get torched at the NBA level. Just I forgot how good NBA fours are. NBA three fours. Holy shit. And it's guys like that are just so fast in their first step at six, eight, six, nine. I forgot. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. No. Yeah, he has to be. He has to be an unbelievable shooter to get it done. But I still think he's going to end up getting drafted and. Uh, yeah, so that's my concern is defensively, and I think we got exposed a little bit more because Steph Castle wasn't there. Steph Castle can guard literally anyone one through four, right? Oh, like, yeah. that's that's the thing about him is that he's he's the best defender on that roster and so explosive, yeah. And not having him changes some things, but Spencer's the one that's been an eye opener for me. Like, I knew he was good, I didn't realize how good of a passer he is, how good he is at coming off of uh dhls and awful ball screens and making something happen um awesome at keeping simple stuff simple yes like that is such a skill just keeping the simple shit simple there's so many kids that try to make stuff so much harder than what it needs to be come he sees caravan trailing he attacks the top of the key he jump Mm -hmm. stops he turns and he just pitches it to caravan wide open three top of the key uh he comes off and they run a pick and roll he's the raise guy he positions a little bit differently, so he's closer to the rim to where he can attack. Something simple because his guy forgot about him for a half second. So good at angles. Just an older dude that's competitive that knows how to play. Like there was a time Texas loved running this kind of like a – it was kind of a baseline stagger that turned into a zoom, and Acemas would come off, and he's chasing Acemas. And while Jordan Hawkins would be there, like he would be there, that the difference is, is Cam would be a second – not even a second, a half second late. Acemas would get the corner, but because Cam's so smart, he pursues the ball. So, like, he still makes shit difficult, even though he's not that athletic. I mean, a really, really good college player. Really good. Yeah, he is a uh, he is a 42-year-old father of three playing at the Y that also yeah. happens to be doing it at a Big East level. So Him and Ben Carlson both are 30. Yeah. The kid from Utah, seven-footer. Yeah. Um, Dude, before- fun fact, fun fact. Huge big Carlson fan. Huge. That's seven, the steps out, shoots it. Really good player. He's been married four years. <laughs> he, he went on a Mormon mission, used a red shirt year, and now he's a red shirt senior. He is so old. He's he's so old. <laughs> They're like, I was reading his bio. It was like he's going to be uh he celebrates his four-year anniversary this March. I was like, holy <laughs> shit, he's been married as long as I have. Unreal. Sorry. 
married, he's been married longer than normal college basketball player is in college. He's been married three years longer than Fanta. That's amazing. Um, there there right. are some of those guys that exist. All right, uh, T.O., yeah, I told Bay you. Code at Georgetown's like on his eighth year of college. Yeah, there's a kid that's at uh, Coppin State now that's in his eighth year of, of college basketball. It's wild, man. Seth Towns got his waiver at Howard. Yeah. Seth Towns that's insane. The- that's insane. I mean, yeah. that really is insane. Insane. Um, all right, T.O., I made you I made you watch the game, so I just want your thoughts on it. Uh, UCLA, Marquette. Um, UCLA was. I up watched all these games we talked about for what it's worth. I, I got up and just dropped the kids off and started watching these games. Because uh, last week I felt kind of bad because I felt like I was just overwhelmed. So I was like, the hell with this. I'm going to make sure I watch every one of these. Uh, you know what? That was a man's game, mm-hmm. incredibly physical. And w- what I was, what I took away from it was uh, UCLA is a surprise team, kind of. I'm a little worried about where their score is going to come from with consistency because, uh, you know, they had one guy score, what, 23 points, 24 points. And then the rest of the guys, it was just kind of a significant drop off. Sebastian Mack's really good. I was impressed with Dylan Andrews. I thought he did some really good things. Uh, Not an overly athletic team, but I came away – watching Marquette move the ball, sometimes a style of play from an opponent can highlight your strengths so well. And watching Adembona chase the ball and get from one spot to another at his size was fascinating. He is so big and so athletic and covers so much ground so quick. Uh, it, that was It was entertainment just watching him try to close out um obviously you, you know some of their runs fanta alluded to this one in our text chain but you know i, I thought it was very telling and, and i think it's a very good sign for marquette that some of their biggest run, runs came with sean jones manning the point mm-hmm. uh some of their biggest things during the game happened with um you know chase ross out there making good things happen uh cam jones got in foul trouble and he still had an efficient night and they just found different guys to uh, come in and make an impact with consistency. They played, what, 10 guys or nine guys, eight of which made a positive impact on the game. I thought if I'm a Marquette fan, I'm very happy with that game because UCLA's huge. They're still figuring themselves out, but I thought Marquette was tough. Also, Iguodaro, man, the dude can't throw it in the ocean with his feet in the water, but damn it, he does everything else. He's he so, does he's everything so else. Smart. He is so good. If he can shoot, if he can shoot, he's an NBA player. He yeah, just can't shoot. Like he, he might, he, he might be an NBA player anyway. Yes, that's how good he is. He had one play in the second half, guys. Where that baseline they, dunk. The it, yeah, the second one though, where like they came on the dribble handoff, right? And he had like a split second hesitation where his defender and the guy chasing the dude running off the DHO couldn't see the ball in his hand and hesitated just enough that both guys went with the guy coming off the DHO and he took one dribble and just fucking yammed it on. Uh, nice. And I think it was Burke at the rim. And yep. there was another one where he drove on the baseline on it. Like he is, he is a freak, man. He's going to make some money. He's yeah. going to make some money. I don't know where the hell it's going to be, but he's going to make some money. Like so, so is a Dembona. Like watching those two go at it was so much. The fun. Amari Stoudemire comparison is not as far off as I originally dismissed mm-hmm. it to be. 
Yeah, the, the, it, it is not that far off. He well, needs to develop a jump shot because when when Amari got to New York, he kind of developed this top of the key jump shot to where he could space it just enough. And the game's changed since that roster was there. But like that athleticism, the ability to cover so much space so quickly in a half court setting, ooh, and he plays with an edge. God, he's good. He is really good. And yeah, he's being probably. featured more this year, which makes it more fun for him. And, you know, scouts can watch that even more. More fun for us to watch him, man. I'm not going to complain. Hell about yeah. Him ever. He dunked on Cam Jones where he put a knee in Cam Jones' jaw. Like, it was that, awesome. I that was that. one of those. That was one of those ones where Cam, you got to make a business decision, man. Like, you're, they don't call charges anymore. You, like, you're never going to get Don't a you love that? Don't I you love, love that this year? I love it. No charges, ban the charge. And uh, and Cam tried to take one and literally got jumped over, got a knee in his face. It was the worst poster I've seen so far this season. Cam, it was awesome. And and, and there was <laughs> another one out too. Of the way, man, yeah, also had one. I think it was Sebastian Mack who tried to take a charge because like he had no other options. Yeah, and it it was so relieving just to be like, thank God the refs didn't call that a charge. Yes, it was like a it was like a breath of fresh air like thank god this game's going to keep moving we're not going to reward nonsense because i feel like over the past 50 years of college basketball we've just been rewarding nonsense with these charges yeah stand in the way don't make a play and uh and, and you win all right it i have my up- go-to i have, I have an update yeah that's what you got to do i have an updated list of the 10 teams that can win a national championship no purdue uh, and i want you guys well i want you guys to that's why we're going to talk about it right here that's why you guys are um that's, I want you guys to get to this. I want you guys. We to did it. We did it. What? Did what? I have gone over ten minutes without talking. <laughs> <laughs> you two did not realize it. You just talked for ten. How's it feel, John? Seconds. How's it feel? It amazing. How's it feel? John, how's it feel? Ten and a half minutes. John, John how does it feel? <laughs> well, how we does got it feel, to- John. We got to about five, and I'm like, I'm going to put the timer on here for 11.59 and see if they're still talking. I have sat here like this for 10 minutes. All right, look, you know what? You can react first to this. So here's my list of 10 teams. Oh, all right, here we go. All right. I have I have, I have, have uh, three tiers on this. The first tier is Purdue, Kansas, Arizona and Houston. I think those are the top four teams in the country. I don't think it's that much of a gap between the next tier, but for me, those are the top four Fanta right or wrong. Right, right. Purdue, Kansas, Arizona, Houston. I respect it. I think that you are, you are correct in that tier a, Um, I, I would argue for maybe a swap of Arizona um, or Houston, I, I'm I'm not ready to to crown Houston quite yet. I think they're really really good, but if if I may, I would I would consider only because of Houston's scoring depth. I still have some concerns if Shed or Cryer have an off day. Mm-hmm. Um, like Houston coasted through the Charleston Classic, but if you look at the three teams that they were playing, I, I just I felt like that they. They didn't get a, a massive test. I got to be candidly honest with you. So they, I, they were I would swap them out and yeah, put UConn. Were. I would potentially put UConn in tier A actually today. Interesting. Um, Braden Smith, guys, has been fantastic. I thought he was sensational. Really good. Like, sen- I, I, there's, 
there's not high enough praise that I can give him Fanta for the uh the I'm going right back to him. Sorry, Tio. We, we, we've been talking too much. There's not That's enough fine. praise. Let that him we go. Can give. Let him cook. (laughs) Fan of cook, Braden Smith. Let's go. Braden Smith is spectacular. I mean, he he is one of the best point guards in America. And he plays with a swagger. He initiates things. But to me, the biggest thing with Purdue is Lance Jones, Miles Colvin. They have more weapons for him to be able to feed it off to. And your assist count's going to go up when you're making shots, when the players you're connecting with are able to hit. But guys, he's savvy. He's all throughout Purdue's journey last year. It struck us that they were doing it with freshman guards. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't strike us that those freshmen who are now sophomores are maturing and have matured. They're they are so beyond their classification in school, in basketball experience, because of how much they played last season. So I love Braden Smith. Uh, I cannot wait to see him face Dewan Harris in the Maui, uh, well, hopefully in the Maui championship game. But I can't wait to see him first play uh, Zakai Ziegler and Santiago Vestavi because I'm just fascinated to see Tennessee's ball pressure against that. What was Purdue's biggest obstacle, fellas, as the season went on last year? They, they Their guards really struggled with pressure. Great updated test for Smith and the Boilers. But guys... If Purdue wins the Maui Invitational, it will be because of Braden Smith. Zach Eady is a given. He's a given. Sorry, Zach. You're 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 the best player in the country. So unfairly, we're taking your production for granted a little bit. Braden Smith is the straw that stirs that drink. Mm-hmm. Tio, anything to add? I, I thought it was really telling that um, Painter didn't go too much into his playbook. I, I think he's trying to let his guys figure it out a little bit. And they ended up beating Gonzaga by 10. I, I, if they don't have about – what they have tw- – memory serves me. It was 12 or 13 turnovers. I think it was 13. Yep. Um, if <laughs> six or seven of those were live ball, bonehead, what the hells? Like dribbling off your foot. Faking a pass, ball slips out of your hands. Stupid pass here, like turnover that leads to a layup. Like you just named everything thing. Fletcher Lawyer did in the game, basically. Yeah, Fletcher Lawyer was it? wasn't good last night. Um, late last night, he was past his bedtime for Fletcher. <laughs> um, no, but the, if they don't do that, they win by twenty five points mm-hmm. against a Gonzaga team that's not a typical Gonzaga team compared to what we've become accustomed to over X amount of years, but. Um, Really good. I, I am intrigued to see them play Tennessee because of that pressure that uh, Fanta alluded to. And not only that, they can throw different bodies at Braden. Uh, I don't know Zakai Ziegler's status. Is he going to be back for this one, or are they going to hold him out this entire thing? No, he. So he played but, yesterday, but he's coming yeah, off the bench now. But not much, right? It was a. It was, it was a limited amount. Yeah, it was like eighteen. He's he's not back to. He's healthy. He's just not back to where. I mean, I think he got cleared in like mid October. So right. he, just, he, he wants to play more, but he's on a minute. Rest- that's right. It's okay. on a minute restriction. I was watching that game while driving. So you guys tell me if that's safe. Um, but <laughs> it's, uh, it is not safe. No, he it played, he played safe. what, 22 minutes yesterday and he had yep. six turnovers. He's not there yet. But if, if you had a full strength Zakai Ziegler, then that would scare me a little bit if I was Purdue because that guy can get underneath even Braden Smith. And then you can also throw a bigger body at him and a Jordan Ganey or a, uh, 
you know, you switch if you decide to switch all the way through with Jemima Shack, like this is this is a huge litmus test game for Purdue. Huge litmus test game. Um, all right. So that's a perfect segue because my second tier of teams, which like honestly, like you could probably turn this into a just a tier of eight, but the the next yeah. group that I have is uh Creighton, Tennessee, Marquette, and Yukon in that next group. Is there anyone in that group that you do not think can win a national title? I think all those teams could win it. I mean, I have concerns with Tennessee offensively if Connect has a bad day. But but because of Connect, Tennessee can win it. He unlocks a different dimension of that team offensively. Uh, you know, I, I saw on Twitter. Jordan Ganey, too. Jordan Ganey, too. too. Mm-hmm. Jordan Ganey, too. But I saw somebody, and to your point, I saw somebody, a couple people tweet yesterday, like, Jordan Ganey and Dalton Connect are not what we've seen on Tennessee in years past. And they meant it in a slightly like, hey, these guys, like they, they've been on other teams. But Rick is kind of letting his offense loose. And I like that. It's not as scripted football. It's more natural ball movement and find the shooters. And connect is, you know, without Dalton connect, yesterday, guys, at the half, Tennessee was going to be in a tough spot. Like mm-hmm. Syracuse outplayed them in that first half. If, surprise if, team too by the way i thought about putting them as a surprise team yeah i got buried for that last night at the garden they're like what what was impressive about impress row our friends were like what was impressive about them i go guys they're like they lost by 17 i'm like guys it was a five point game with four minutes to that, go i that's 100 jeff borzello there's no doubt about it in my mind what was impressive about a 17 point he buried me 100 he, he goes you're telling me he goes you're telling me i have to be impressed he goes you don't tell me how to be impressed. Then he called me a very bad name. That I that's very, remember. that's very Borzello. That is the most Borzello thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Like yeah. all you had to say was you're impressed by a 17 point loss. That that is like Borzello said that more times than not. Cause he doesn't watch games. He looks at box scores. Oh shit. <laughs> so that tears good though. I, I, I can't wait. There's a game that I have circle on the calendar. December 16th. Creighton hosting Alabama. That day, by the way, might be the Aaron Estrada Trey Alexander game. That might be the best day of games that we get this entire season. Let me let me roll through to put this into context. Clemson plays at Memphis, and that's not a top five game of the day. We have Arizona against Purdue in Indianapolis. You have Alabama at Creighton. You have Kentucky and North Carolina playing in Atlanta in the CBS Sports Invitational. You have Baylor playing Michigan State in Detroit. You have Texas A&M playing Houston at the Toyota Center in Houston. You have UCLA playing Ohio State in the other CBS Sports Classic game. That is ridiculous. And you know what I haven't even mentioned yet? Kansas plays at Indiana that day. That is the best day of basketball we're going to get all season long, like that is up there with anything else that you're going to get during the regular season. In the sport. Don't forget, don't forget six Sixers at Hornets. Sixers at Hornets also on the sixth. You get to see my boy Tyrese Maxey lighting people up. <laughs> yeah, Fordham and St. John's at MSG FS1 3:30 Eastern Time that Saturday. No, I, that game that day is unbelievable. The the one of the sweet spots in college hoops is the three Saturdays of December. Before mm-hmm. Christmas, the second, the ninth, the sixteenth. There are great matchups, yep. and I'll tell you this much: going back to Creighton for a moment, play this game with me for thirty seconds. Tomorrow they on Wednesday they play Loyola Chicago. You think they'll win that game? 
Mm-hmm. Just play the game. Yes. So on, on Thanksgiving, they're going to play Boston College or Colorado State. Think they'll win that game? They should. Okay. They're going to be at Oklahoma State. Ain't they win that game? They should. December 3rd at Nebraska. Trap, trap. Nebraska's better. Nebraska's better. better. Nebraska could be unbeaten going into that game. They they play a soft schedule the next two games. That could be a battle of unbeatens in Lincoln. But if Creighton were to find a way to win that game, they then play Central Michigan, UNLV. Their last non-conference game is December 16th, that nationally broadcast game at home against Alabama. My point, it's not out of the question that Creighton could be undefeated going into a massive home game with Alabama to close out their non-conference. Then their stretch, listen to this stretch in December. Alabama home, Villanova, December 30th. It's a CBS game at Marquette. Mm-hmm. How much fun is that going to be to end the year? Creighton at Marquette, December 30th. That last Saturday of the year, when you're kind of cuddled up on the couch, you got a, a glass of something, and you're just going to watch those two teams play offense. Are you kidding? Watch out. Creighton could go unbeaten in non-conference play. It's not out of the question. Yeah, they, they very well could. All right, the last two teams I have on my list that can win a national title are Kentucky and Baylor. Are those two things crazy? I think Kentucky has the highest upside of any team not in the top eight if they put it all together. There's no guarantee they're going to put it all together. And I'm saying that after they got taken to overtime at home by St. Joe's. I know what I'm saying to you. You don't have to give me that look. I know what I'm saying. But if Kentucky puts it all together, I don't know how many teams have as much firepower as they do on that end. Go ahead, John. I just don't see it. I, I, I don't Not for a t- title. Not not for a national championship. For them, they need to get to the second weekend. And then and then anything could happen in the tournament, but they got to get to the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. This team's too talented for that. But the problem is it's so funny you... that we're talking about Kentucky in those terms again. Like normally that's what you say about like like someone that hasn't proven it. Chuck Calipari went to like four final fours in five years. And now we're like, you got to get out of the first weekend, man. Like we can't even talk about you as a threat until you get out of the first weekend. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. Oh, I'll I'll trade you. Can I trade? Can I make a trade? Yeah. I'm gonna make two trades. So I I disagree with your last tier. I I I actually like Baylor a lot, but I'm to be contrarian. I'll trade you Baylor and Kentucky for Miami, and I'm still bullish on Arkansas. I don't hate the Miami one. I get Arkansas. I just I don't know. You hate it. I don't I don't hate it. I just think that it's going to be one of those things where they end up getting like a seven seed again this year. So it's just going to be a very, very difficult road. Power, power rank the SEC for me. There's like seven teams at the top that are all awesome. Amazing. Like the, Hardly the power rank. Yeah. Um, I would say Tennessee is the best. I would say Alabama is right there after them. And then you can give me Auburn, Mississippi State, Texas A&M, Kentucky, uh, and probably Arkansas in any order, and I don't think I would argue with too much of it. Wow, that's incredible. That league is really good. That league has a chance to be competing for the top conference. A chance. There's no question about it. It's two. Clear two. Yep. They need uh they need Missouri. No mention of no mention of no mention of uh Chris Beard down at Ole Miss. He just he's not gonna get the guys yeah. eligible. Like if if you could guarantee that he would have 
Musa Cisse and the um, who's the kid that transferred from Georgetown? Why am I blanking on his name? Brandon oh, Murray. Uh, Harris. Oh, uh, no. Um, Brandon Murray. Like, if you can guarantee that they get Brandon Murray and Musa Cisse, then I'm all the way in. But, like, I just don't think they quite have enough without those two guys. We'll see, though. Hey, all right. Don't, quick shout out to South Carolina. They're 5 and 0 and improved. Yes, yep. they are very, very much better. Um, T.O., any, do you have anyone else? Do you want to, you want to do a, a fan of swap there? You want to do a fan of trade for the last two spots on who can win a national title? I agree with the upside of Kentucky. I, I don't, yes. winning a national championship yes. is, suck is, it, is, Banner. It, suck I, it. <laughs> uh, winning a national championship is Hard. a bit of a stretch. It is possible they make a final four because of the irrational the irrational confidence and offensive explo- explosiveness of Reed Shepard and Dillingham. And I feel like DJ Wagner's going to piece it together around mid-December. Yeah. He he was really good last night against St. Joe's, especially in the second half. Like, yeah, it's, it's going to be fine. Like they, their offensive firepower, the, the Dillingham Reed Shepard, Reed Shepard's finally getting his due. Nobody talked about him. They were talking, we were talking about all the other guys. Reed Shepard's a dude. He mm. is a dude. And like he just keep like the offensive firepower is there. It, a, a national championship might be tough, but this is a group that if they start picking it up and playing full of confidence and bravado around March, like watch out. All right. So uh, to take us home here on this episode of the DTF podcast, make sure you rate, make sure you review, make sure you like, make sure you subscribe. If you enjoy this and you want to support us, it's free content. All you got to do is just engage, rate, review, subscribe, comment, do all of that good stuff. Uh, Fanta, Sunday afternoon. Something happened. Something happened in the city of Cleveland. Something happened on the football field. Uh, I want you to take us home. Take us away. And uh, if you happen to mention a certain coach that happens to (laughs) reside in the city of Cincinnati and remind them about what happened there, I don't think that I'd hate it. Take us home, baby. How about them brownies? How about the Cleveland Browns? Seven and three for the second time in the Kevin Stefanski era. Terrence, I know you want to talk about them. I know you're you're a member of the dog pound deep down inside. Deep down. So for the next 12 minutes, I'm going to talk about them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, they, they are a tough, hard-nosed physical football team. Yes, I was watching them on Sunday in the Madison Square Garden press room. Yes, I did get stuck watching them as, as Louisville gave Texas a great game. So close for Kenny Payne. By the way, I, I didn't take your you got trick comment that seriously. Coach Payne, I respect your team's efforts at the garden. Keep that up and maybe things are going a better they, direction. They played their nuts off there, man. They played their they nuts did. off. Credit to those kids. They did. Now they got to sustain that. Mm-hmm. The Cleveland Browns are back. Like they they are back. They are seven and three. They're doing this with a a, a rookie quarterback, but guys, they fight every game. They're in every game. I'm in, I'm in it, man. <laughs> We are a half game out of the number one spot in the AFC. Thank you, Philadelphia Eagles, because the Chiefs took a third loss. The Cleveland Browns have the same amount of losses as the Chiefs, the Ravens, all those teams, and they do it with defense. Miles Garrett's the best player on the football field. They just got to keep grinding it out, but I like this team. I I love this team, and I love that they sent Sean Miller's Pittsburgh Steelers back to Pittsburgh, taking those Mm -hmm. terrible towels and shoving them up you know where. I hate those yellow towels. I hate the black <laughs> people. Hoo, 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 hoo. 
A happy Thanksgiving to all you Browns fans. A happy Thanksgiving to all you college basketball fans. Here's to hoping that you have a second or third helping of stuffing and enjoy all of the college basketball that you're about to see. Let's see who's right. Let's see who's wrong about all these teams. And I can't wait till we talk about it next week, guys. And buy your significant others something really nice on Black Friday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.